Hi everyone, uh, Dave here. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, thanks for coming along to another episode of the podcast. Um, amazingly, this is our 10th player interview that we've managed to do, uh, which considering when I started the podcast, only Jamie Hewitt said yes, uh, I see as quite an achievement. Um, so hopefully many more to come. Quite a few already in the can, uh, just waiting to be released and a few other players that I'm having a chat to. Um, so it should be good fun. Uh, a big thanks to Phil Tooley for today's episode, as he was the one who uh, sent me a message out of the blue uh, after Jamie Lowry had just had a chat with him uh, and managed to get his number for me and we sorted it out from there. So thanks, Phil, uh, for setting this one up for us. Um, yeah, Jamie Lowry made his debut for us in 2006 uh, against West Ham in the Carling Cup, but um, had a really interesting start to his career as it all came from a bit of work experience when he was uh, still at school. Um, so. Uh, an interesting way to get a career in football, but seemed to work for him. Um, he had some really good, uh, exceptional years for us at Chessfield, was one of the brightest prospects until injury uh, cruelly ended his career way, way before it should have done. Uh, he had to retire when he was only in his mid-20s. Um, uh, and yeah, uh, he's now uh, a coach at Plymouth, uh, Plymouth Argyle in their under-18s, so doing really well. Uh, we caught up with him and his dog, who will uh, pop up every now and then. Um, to uh, talk about his career and his uh, time at the club, and uh, we even got to find out find out what he uh, what his meal of choice was from Linda's sandwich shop. So, all the important questions. So, I hope you enjoy this latest episode, and this is player interview number ten with Jamie Lowry. So how did you end up at Chesterfield? Because obviously you're born in Newquay, um, so you have no right to be a, in Derbyshire playing football, really. So how did that all happen? Um, it came through my grandparents, really. So mum and dad uh, were, were both from Chesterfield before they, before they moved to Newquay in Cornwall and before I was born um, and had me and my younger brother. Uh, we, obviously I, I grew up there, obviously came to Chesterfield a lot because the rest of my mum and dad's family are still in Chesterfield and, and we're in Chesterfield um, so regularly holidays Christmases were spent up there so very familiar with the area uh, and then it happened with my, my granddad used to be big golfing buddies with Barry Hubbard the chairman all oh, right <laughs> yeah, so a strange one and it was just uh, year 10 at school work experience they said obviously what do I do I'm obviously football mad like like most kids so I want to obviously go and work in a football club or be around that environment. So my granddad asked Barry if I could come in and just, I don't know, it could have been anything really. It didn't have to be necessarily with the youth team or anything like that. Um, I could have just, I don't know, swept the stands and I'd have been happy just to be mm. at a football stadium and in, in the club. Um, but I ended up being working with um, Dave Bentley, the youth team manager at the time. Um, I went in with him every day and that was my so-called work experience of, training with under 18s every day uh, should have been a week ended up being three weeks so I think I skived a little bit extra off school uh, but it was yeah it was, it was brilliant really enjoyed it um, the lads were fantastic I think it was like around Dave Rushby's era um, yeah and they, they really looked after me obviously a couple of years younger than than the lads at the time um, and after that Dave just said oh obviously you've done quite well if, if you finish when you finish school and you're 
obviously interested in playing football and having a crack, then come up and we'll have, have a trial at the start of the year and we'll go from there. So obviously it's a big dream of mine to do that. And um, yeah, once my exams are finished, I think it was a week after I finished my last exam, I came up, started pre-season training um, with Dave and the rest of the youth team lads and yeah, went from yeah. there. And, uh, and what would your... I've, I've always wondered because we, we've spoken to a few people that like Jamie Hewitt uh, era where they were like YTSs uh, and they had to like send a letter in <laughs> to, <laughs> to get a contract but obviously in your era it's, it's when you start to have youth teams and things like that I know there's a bit of a a bit of a link with it's sorry like you got a dog yeah, he's, uh, kicking off oh, that's all right <laughs> dogs are welcome <laughs> and yeah so uh, so what does a what does a week as someone in the youth team at Chesterfield look like around then? Um, busy, full on, lots of jobs. Um, I remember, obviously not the first year because I wasn't old enough, but I remember yeah, everyone used to park, all the white teachers to park their cars around the back of the cop. Mm-hmm. Like, you used to have mini car parks. Obviously the first team would park in the main car park and on the road. And obviously you're allowed a certain times so that used to be part of the whole job, like look out for traffic wardens and and warn people as you walk down to Linda's shop if there's any traffic wardens around. Um, and just doing jobs, I'm, I remember obviously boot cleaning. Uh, for the three-year YT, I had, I think I had staff boots all three years, which was which was nice, and it kind of made me have a relationship with uh, well, the Roy McFarland was the gaffer at the time, so I had a relationship with him, Lee Richardson, Dave Thompson, um, all of the staff, because I cleaned their boots, so um, that wasn't nice. Uh, and also a home team dressing room. That was one of my jobs one of the years, equipment for the other years. It was just really good grounding uh, in terms of like, the jobs, being around the club, obviously being stuck in the away change room, not very big, but there was what, 16, 17 lads from 16, 17, 18 years old. Uh, so yeah, it was, a, it was a really good environment and yeah, some great times and great period in my life. But, always look back on my fond memories and, and some of the stories and uh, people that you're still in contact with now. We, we share good fond memories about it and it was a yeah, really, really good time. So, yeah, and, and like Saltergate as a stadium, as a stadium was, uh, I mean, I, I imagine even if, if, you were, if you were cleaning it, you probably couldn't tell in some parts. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a, a lovely stadium, wasn't it? It was. It had just that... Um, on a sort aura about it and that kind of feel that even when obviously the fans wasn't there we were doing it obviously Monday to Friday before supporters got there on a Saturday or, or midweek games and you just used to walk on a pitch sometimes just to get a feel for it it just had that just had that feel about it with a proper football ground and just gave you butterflies even though nobody was, it was empty um, and yeah like you say it was um the home team changer. I remember the bath used to have a leak. So we'd like mop it up and clean it all the time. And then 20 minutes later, go back and Dave would come around and inspect the job before he could leave uh, to go home. And he was like, it's soaking wet in here. There's a massive puddle. And it's just one of them, like say, it was just one of them stadiums, but you could have been cleaned all day and it just, it didn't look clean or tidy. But yeah, in terms of uh, um, an atmosphere and a, uh, and a personality of a ground, it, mm. yeah, it was incredible. It was love. I loved it. Yeah, and and then when you got to that point where uh, it'll have been Roy McFarland, wouldn't it, who would have like offered you a contract? Um, 
do you remember that moment? Were you expecting anything to, to come from it? Did you have an inkling? Um, a little bit, because um, we had obviously a really good successful youth team in, in my third year apprenticeship before they changed to two years like it is now. Um, we actually won the, we won the Youth Alliance League, under-18s league with Dave. Um, had some really good players. Um, Jamie Jackson, who obviously got a pro as well. Michael Bonham was our captain. Uh, Ashley Foyle, Ryan Cancellari. We had, we had a, a really good, strong team and I think deservedly won the league that year from a, from a good side. Um, and yeah, so kind of walking into the meeting, I was with Dave Bentley, we had to go under the stand into the um, one of the lounges, the one just under under the main stand. Um, I was walking there, Dave was like, oh, um, if, they offer, if they don't offer you a two-year deal, um, like, let me know and I'll speak to you about things and stuff. So that kind of got me thinking straight away. And obviously I'd, I'd kind of been around training with the first team with Roy McFarlane, playing reserve games, even though we don't have a solid reserve side, we have lots and lots of friendlies and stuff. So I wasn't around it and, and things. So I kind of, without being overconfident, I was expecting to, to earn something, but yeah, maybe not a two year. But. <laughs> And, and what did and what did Roy say to you? What um, was was he kind of a, kind of expecting you to push on in those in those two years? Obviously, you had a had a good chance. Uh, yeah, I think so. Again, it wasn't a, a great discussion. I think all I remember is saying that we would like to offer you a two year deal. And after that, I was probably couldn't stop smiling and probably just everything else I forgot probably. Um, but yeah, I think obviously the process was to, to obviously going in the first time environment, learn off. Or the experienced pros that were there at the time, um, and then try and break my way in at some point. And I don't really remember too many discussions around and being there, but looking back, it was a it was a little bit of a difficult period the first year because you've gone from youth team football where your third year we've won the league, you've won the better players, you've got that kind of you're playing a game every Saturday to go into the first team environment where. We're trying to a lot of games and not bring the bench, and then now and then I was on the bench. So um, from that side, it was really difficult. I remember a few conversations with with Roy McFarland and then Lee Richardson about possible loans, just because I just wanted to play games, just wanted to yeah, everything you're doing training to to get better and to, to play games. But they said, "No, stick with it. You're doing well, um, and you'll get your opportunity." Um, so yeah, I did that and again spoke with the experienced pros and just tried to to learn and just enjoy playing football more than anything. It's just a lot of people talk about, I don't know, the dedication, the mentality and everything they do to be a footballer. But for me, it was just, I just love playing football, whether it was down the park with, with some friends in Chesterfield or my cousin who I eventually lived with down at Somersault Park, used to go and play football for him after training. Just loved playing football and that's what it was to me. It, it just as part of a, a job but it was just playing football no matter if it was anywhere and and of that um of that squad in your uh, like okay so first did they did you feel like you got a good welcome from the squad do, do you still feel like kind of the baby in, of the group or or do you, do you get a nice welcome from them um yeah we had um initiation so i remember we uh who was it? There was there's a few of us. Me, Jamie, Jackson. I think Ruben Wiggins, Thomas was there at the time as well as a as a. I think he had a few like a six month pro or something. And then might have been Paul Shaw who joined that first one when I joined, or maybe Rotherham or Gillingham. I think he was. 
Um, I'm going to sing Fill Me Up Buttercup <laughs> as my initiation song. Um, so yeah, not quite my generation, but I think a few of the older lads had a bit of a say in that. So that was a, a good laugh and just gets you integrated into the squad. And um, yeah, they were they were fantastic with you. Like they were firm but fair. So obviously that little grounding. Obviously on the bus you were making teas and coffees and doing all the the jobs for the lads. Get me this, get me that, which is which is fine again for me. It's it's that grounding. If you went on there and you were. Um, I don't know, expecting to sit around and, I don't know, I suppose be big time or act like you played 100 league games and it's not it's not right. You need the, the upbringing and to, to earn your stripes and such, I suppose you want to call it. Which, but, uh, which, which players around that time were the ones that um, like gave you the best advice? Who were the people that you really listened to? Um, Shane Nicholson for the experienced pro and, and being around Wayne Allison. Uh, Ruben Hayes, even though he wasn't as such really old, but he, he spoke a lot. And also the defender at the time was the right back. So mm. um, Alex Bailey, I got really close with when he came in. Um, we spent a time away from football as well. And he, even though I was playing the same position, was eventually like, competing for the position. He was he was really good with me. He spoke about his time and advice and practice after training. He would bring me to one side and practice crossing or practice defending 1v1 and things like that. So he was a massive massive help but um, yeah I just think at, at that time we just had a really good group of players and mm. with a mixture of old and young um, and just a really good changing room to, to be involved in. Yeah and then when it comes to debut time <laughs> you had, had kind, of, kind of thrown in at the deep end a bit on your debut weren't you? <laughs> all in all it's been a really difficult first few weeks of the new season for the club from East London. And Chesterfield, 15th in League One, will be eagerly flexing muscles as they endeavour to send the hammers packing with tails firmly between their legs. Um, and I think you came on as a sub, didn't you? Did you come on as yeah, a um, Yeah, so I think Alex had a bit of a knock from of the previous round or previous game, maybe it's Saturday. Um, so, obviously, I hadn't been involved in any of the games before. Obviously, the Man City, the Wolves, anything like that, which was obviously great nights to be there. But obviously, you want to be part of it and, and involved. So, being on the bench was good. And then I think Lee Richardson said to me, Alex has got a bit of a knock, so just make sure like you're ready in case. Obviously, never thinking, I thought, obviously, big game. I, I will get through it, no problem. It was just the adrenaline were kicking and fine. And then um, I think it was probably, I want to say like 60, 60 odd minutes, something like that. And he went down injured and said, go and get warmed up. And then the butterflies started kicking in, the jelly legs started kicking in. And I thought, yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to, this is it. Um, and then, yeah, I just remember, someone took a picture of, they must have been sat in the director's box behind or in the main stand behind the dugout. And I've got a little kind of old school actual picture from a camera of Lee Richardson with his arm around me stood on the sideline just as before I go on and he's just probably saying oh no go and enjoy it don't worry about it and things and I could just remember being stood there with my stomach going butterflies like really really nervous but uh, as soon as you got the first touch and involved in the game takes over you kind of forget about everything else and just playing the game of football again I suppose had so many phone calls and messages after because obviously on Sky as well and we won the game so yeah, it was a 
incredible debut that I'll never forget. And, and I remember as well at the time, um, you were like regarded as one of the like hot prospects that was like a good, really good technical player, and everyone wanted to. Uh, I think everyone wanted to see you for quite, for quite a while, like on the pitch. So um, <laughs> I think I suppose. The downside of it is that when you, you come on against West Ham and do really well, is that expectations suddenly go through the roof and everyone expects you to uh, to fly from there. But it must have been, um, yeah, like how uh, you must have been on cloud nine for what weeks, months after that? Uh, yeah, pretty much until I got hit with glandular fever a little bit later. I think I played, I can't remember, maybe six or seven games in there, and then Alex came back in and um, got obviously recovered from the injury and came back in and I got Ganja Field. But yeah, for, for the whole time I was playing involved, I think it was my first league game was Jovel at home the following Saturday, possibly. Um, played in that and yeah, it was just kind of that first taste of it, the environment, the build-up, the Saturday being, making sure obviously you're ready, you're on it. But again, with the expectation that you spoke about and, and pressure and that, I didn't really ever feel that. It was just football for me. could have been playing... I don't know, anywhere, anytime, in front of any crowd. It's just once you're in that moment on the pitch, it just, your instincts and your natural ability just takes over. And um, yeah, you just get on with it. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was fantastic. And obviously, Charlton game as well, which was obviously disappointing to lose. But again, another another great night at Saltergate and the floodlights were in the full house. Uh, yeah, don't forget. Yeah. And it was a bit of a, obviously, it was. Disappointing in a couple of ways that season because you got glandular fever and then uh, and then Chesterfield were relegated um, that season as well. So I, I suppose what were your what were kind of your thoughts as, as that uh, as that season ended? Because I've always wondered whether actually for, for someone like like you that's coming through into the team, a relegation is like a good opportunity in a way because it, it maybe opens up a bit of opportunity for you. So. What were your thoughts at the end of that season when that, that all happened? Um, obviously, really disappointed. Um, we kind of had this, I remember we played, um, so obviously the Luton game um, in, was it the season before when Glenhurst scored the... Yeah, like 2004, yeah. Yeah, it might have been the season before that even, yeah. Um, and I remember being sat off the, and going, God, going back to youth team now, used to obviously be ball boys around the ground or sat on the, in next to dugouts with a stretcher in case they were injured and things like that. And I remember being at that game and that was, I remember that being the talk in the dressing room in the youth team saying, oh, if we go down, we might get more opportunities and things like that. Mm. Um, and I think as, as you get older, you recognise that that's not the right way and you don't want that to happen and, and you want to break in, in in League One or, or whatever league we were in at the time. And um, But yeah, I remember that happening and one of the supporters, I remember a couple of lads didn't celebrate when, when Glyn scored the, the, the goal against Luton and I remember one of the supporters gave him a bit of a, a mouthful because because of that, which is which is right. And it's fantastic. We just scored a winner to keep us up and a couple of Frenchies didn't celebrate, which always sticks in my memory about that whole being part of the club, supporting everything. Um, and they were doing it obviously for their selfish reasons, which I kind of get as well, but as an, as an all-round part of the club it's it was a it was a fantastic moment and a and a, and a great day to be fair um, but yeah going back to us go on sorry yeah it's interesting you say that actually because um we spoke to alan o'hare and he was talking about when he was a 
youth player at Bolton. And he was saying that then when you're in the reserves, it's very much um, you're looking after yourself and you're trying to perform because it's about you getting in the team. Um, and then when you go into a first team, like when he came to Chesterfield, suddenly the attitude completely changes and you're doing you're playing for the team. Um, so there's completely different objectives. So it's interesting that that, that kind of happens <laughs> kind of academy-wise going into first team as well. I think it, it started everywhere, really, because, like you say, it's uh, you want to do well for yourself and you want to perform and things like that. But obviously, at the same time, you've got that team mentality that you want to do well, or the team wants to do well, the club wants to do well. Um, but I think as you get older and and you recognise that and it becomes part of it and you buy into it more, rather than obviously probably being a bit young. Hmm. Um, also obviously, the youth team lads and stuff, and probably myself included a little bit, you, you want to be selfish and... I hope he gets injured so I get in, in the team and things that where that's probably not the best way to go about or probably not the right moral way to go around it. But it happens. And like I say, Alex was one of my best friends as a, at Chesterfield at the time. And he was the same position as me and I was competing for his position. But yeah, he he took me under his wing and helped me and worked with me, gave me advice and stuff and, and things like that. So that just shows you what of a good person he was and uh and a good pro as well. Yeah, and then and then if we go into your second season with us, so we're on 07-08 now. Um, now, there's a, there's a few players that um, it's quite obviously obvious didn't get on with Lee Richardson. It was like, uh, we've had a few that have spoken quite well of him and there's a few that have really hated him, I, I suppose. Um, but under but for you, um, on his two years at the at the club, you played, well, most games, really. You, only, you didn't miss many at all, so... I'm, I'm guessing you were in a, you quite liked Lee Richardson camp? Yeah, yeah, I, I got on well with Lee. Um, I think when, obviously, when Roy left and, and Lee took over the, the rest of the season before, he started putting me in a couple of games after I came back from Glendra Fever and I played um, quite a few. So I kind of seen that and started to play. That's when I kind of started being a right midfielder. I think he recognised my uh, lack of defending ability and <laughs> maybe more of a, like you said earlier, maybe more of a technical player in terms of crossing and going forward with more of my strength. Um, so, yeah, came back pre-season, had a really good pre-season involved in the games. Again, wasn't really coming back and expecting to be um, a starter, but that was obviously my personal goal to, to come back and break into the team this season after um, being in there. And, and yeah, really enjoyed that season. Obviously started off quite well in terms of scoring goals in the first part of the season. Um, remember my first one away at Peterborough and a good 3-2 win because they were flat. I think they won the league that season that's when they spent a bit of money and they were strong and we went down to them and beat them 3-2 um, obviously had some good players with, with Jack coming in um, obviously Peter Levin big player good, really good player um, Fletch I think did Fletch win that season or the season after? Yeah uh, I think it was that season yeah I think it was that season um, so yeah, we again in terms of squad wise, we had a really good squad, and for me overall, we underachieved. But 
um, yeah, for me personally, it was a fantastic season to have a, a real 40-plus game season of experience Saturday, Tuesdays, the whole the whole season, busy Christmas period, and that which I've obviously never been been used to that level. So it was it was fantastic for me breaking in and and getting used to that level. And I think second half of the season probably took it taller me a little bit. Well, I didn't think I scored in the second half of the season. I remember having a bet with might have been Wayne Allison at the time. I think I might have had six six or seven maybe in the first half of the season. Yeah, six I think. Yeah. But yeah, um, and he's like, oh, I bet you don't get ten. Uh, for the whole season, I was like, "Oh no, like easy." He scored six already and things, and then, so he ended up taking a bit of money off me. But in terms of a learning curve and experience, and again playing with the players, Peter Levin, Jack Lester, fantastic players to learn with and, and play with. Got on really well with Jack. Um, I think we complemented each other quite well in terms of me playing to his feet and and how he liked to play and then linking with him. Um, so yeah, it was it was. A really good season personally and and breaking in and learning but as a club as a whole looking back it was obviously disappointing that we didn't get promoted with the with the side that we had because it was a good side especially at that level it should have got promoted easily yeah and one game i wanted to mention is the you scored in the um 3-1 win at mansfield didn't you um <laughs> which must have been uh, a nice taste of having a having that that derby and then scoring in it do you remember that yeah, I do actually. It's funny because um, I kind of had a little bit of sore out at home the other day because I got literally boxed of the Chesterfield memorabilia programmes from, from now. Mum and Dad used to like, collect them all, got every game they used to come to, so I got loaded and found um, a CD with that goal on the other day. And I'm not like seen it for ages, and I just played and looked. And I didn't realise how close it was. It was literally on the goal line, tapping, rebound. I think Carl Muggerson powered it just down. I just anticipated it and got the rebound, but. Yeah, probably the easiest goal I scored out of all my goals, but by far the, the best goal and the most memorable goal and for the game. I think it was my first derby game as well. So being away, so obviously the thousands of, well, I think there's 1,800, 1,900 Chesterfield fans there and just the whole day. And it was, yeah, it was one of my best moments as a, as a Chesterfield player by, by far, even though it was the easiest goal ever. <laughs> and I think you... Um... Scored on a TV match as well, didn't you? Was it MK Dons? Yeah, MK Dons. And was it Hereford that season? Well, I think I scored would be Hereford 4-0 at home. I think mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 4-0, yeah. Yeah, the MK Dons one. I think that was probably one of my better goals for Chesterfield, the MK Dons one. Um, obviously, they, again, they were flying at the time. Put a bit of money trying to... Trying to well, I think they did get promoted that year. Um, so, yeah, equaliser. And then I think they went down the other end a couple of minutes after and, and took the lead again. But... I know it's just a thing about again talking about the ground, sort of gate. It's just a thing about night games there. It's just it's just something special, something different. I took a night game all day over over Saturday three o'clock. We used to be in the floodlights, no matter who it was against. It was just it was just so special. The atmosphere, yeah, you couldn't you couldn't beat it, and it just made I don't know. It just felt like I played better in night games. Just had that little special sparkle about it, and. Yeah, I used to enjoy night games and evening games a lot, a lot better. And then with being on telly and against a better tip, top team in the league at the time, it made it even, even more special. Yeah, and then uh, around that time, in the, in those two years where you were playing a lot of games and doing really well, it always 
they're always, I don't know whether it was just fans making it up, but there always seemed to be a persistent rumour that Derby were going to buy you at some point. <laughs> it was like always, like, oh, Derby buying Jamie Lowry. <laughs> I don't know whether there was any truth in that. Uh, did you ever hear anything? Um, again, not nothing concrete or, or anything like that from, from the club or from the manager or anything like that. No, just, again, just proximity, really rumours and and things like that. Obviously, I was doing okay and, and playing well and having lots of games at quite a young age. I mean, 20, 21 maybe then. In, after the second season, like I say, two full seasons of 40-plus games. Um but yeah, nothing that I was ever aware of in the in the long run from anyone like that. But again, lots of whispers and people talking about things. But again, I only ever heard of one uh, bid or offer for me, and that was I only found that out after I I'd, I'd left the club. So you, you obviously don't know. Again, being who was the bid from? Uh, from Crew. So I found out when I went to Crew on loan. Mm-hmm. The, the assistant manager at the time was there when they were in the championship around that time when I was breaking into the Chesterfield team and said, oh, we tried to buy you when you were a lot younger, um, but they wouldn't accept our value and things. And I was like, okay, I've never, I've never even heard of that. I never knew. So I don't know what could have happened. And then uh, I wanted to mention, well, a match, but a series of matches in, in the 08-09 season, which you probably know what's coming, is the whole Droylsden saga. Um, so I think you played in three of the four matches. And for, so for fans that uh, maybe got a bit of a rusty memory, so the first, so it was the FA Cup, wasn't it? Uh, was it second round, I think? Yeah, it was second round, yeah. Um, and the first match, Droylsden were winning, uh, 1-0, but then it was abandoned because of fog. And then the second match, uh, it was 2-2 after Leicester kind of scored from a um, what was meant to be a pass back to the keeper and just lobbed him, and all hell broke loose for a little bit. Um, and then in the uh, third match, uh, well, in the in the replay um, at Droylsden, then we were winning 2-0, and all the floodlights went off. And there was always a bit of suspicion that maybe there was a bit of foul play. And then finally, we lost 2-1 in the, the rematch of the replay. <laughs> and, um, but then they got kicked out because they played an el- eligible player. So, um, so, yeah, that whole saga. So if we go to, the, uh, to that Leicester goal in, in the 2-2, um, do, do you think that he meant to do it? Yeah, definitely. The way, the way Jack is... The way the game was was it was obviously was it one 0 ten at a time were they winning? Uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think it was. Uh, it was. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Jack being Jack, knowing what he's like and his, his mentality, he, he'd have definitely meant that hundred <laughs> percent. And, and where were you when it all kicked off? Did you? <laughs> um, I probably wasn't around that. I probably just let Jack get on with it. Um, yeah, because I remember. Uh, the first game and obviously being from Manchester and uh, yeah they I remember them being quite quite feisty and quite a little bit rough if I'm honest um, so yeah I, I can't remember where, where I was and what happened I'm not I'm not sure which one I didn't play was it the I think it, that was the 2-2 two, two, yeah so I think um... Um, so yeah I remember seeing it and, and Jack thinking him and you know, all hell breaking loose but that's yeah that's the way Jack is he's, he's, a, he's a winner 
whatever it takes to win here if you can bend the rules a little bit like that and try and get away with it, he would have and well he tried to but I think um, Lee let him go down the other end and scored didn't he so to equalise but yeah Jack, Jack would have meant that definitely I remember it being one of the most I was I was in the competent street then it was one of the amusing things most amusing things I think I've ever seen I think everyone just burst out laughing on Compton Street when he scored and then in the um the replay at Droylesden, um, which was then abandoned when we were 2 0 up. I think it was Darren Curry and Jack Lester scored in that one, I think. Yeah, I think um, so. Do, so, do, do you think they turned all the lights off? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I definitely think so. We were obviously with what happened back at our place. And I, think, I remember being quite comfortable in that game, with, even though it was 2 1. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, 2 1. Oh, no, 2 0, we were winning. Oh, yeah, so I remember being quite comfortable and seeing the game out um, reasonably well without any trouble. And then like I said, the floodlights went out and all of a sudden they couldn't get them back on and and all this. And I just remember being a bit of a hoo-ha in the change room saying, oh, we'll, we'll try and get them back on. And then I think as soon as the ref called it off, I think some of the supporters started leaving and then they all of a sudden came back on and started working again or something strange like that. That, like the officials were getting spat on and things. I remember that happening during the game. I remember yeah. the, the linesman danced obviously the side of their supporters kept coming over to the ref and saying he's been spat on things like that. So obviously it wasn't a, a nice place to be or a nice little environment. Um, so yeah, I definitely thought they were the ones yeah. to throw, which again, I think with what happened and playing ledger play, it played justice, I thought it, it was deserved. Just, it wasn't very nice and it was definitely floodlights out on purpose. Yeah, and it must have been like, did anyone actually want to go and do that <laughs> fourth game at that point? At that point, do you want to just say uh, forget about it a little bit because uh, it must have been just like, oh no, got to go and do it again. What's going to happen now? Yeah, I think so. Pretty much, was like, ever go back to Jawsden, but in the same way, we wanted to go and turn him over because, like I say, we did felt they. They'd done it on purpose and put floodlights out. So we did want to go back there and and give them a good tonk in and show them that, I mean, we are the league side and stuff, even though it didn't work out like that. Um, it was, yeah, it was probably just another game that ended up being scrappy and, and ugly. And like I say, they won, got the 1-0, was it, for them, that game? Uh, yeah, I think it was 2-1. I think Leicester got sent off in that match. So it obviously <laughs> still kept happening. <laughs> So, yeah, just disappointing. Then, obviously, found out the news that they found an eligible player. Um, and then we got it switched away, didn't we, in the next round? So, it was not a great tie, but nice being at home to switch with a bit of a crowd. But, yeah, it was a nice to go into play at Portman Road in, a, in the third round, I suppose, a little bit of extra money for the club. But, yeah, it wasn't wasn't one of the best memories playing draws them four times. <laughs> and, um I wanted to ask you about your kind of move around in position over the years because you've obviously played, you probably played right back, right midfield, centre midfield uh, as well. Did you have a favourite out of all of those? Um, probably my, I think my best spell at the club was probably as a right midfield or left midfield when, when John Sheridan came in and kind of was with at the start of that season with, with Donald McDermott and we kind of had a bit of a licence to... To rotate and swap when we wanted to and if wasn't getting success we'd swap over or if we were playing against a defender that didn't like people coming inside we was 
um, we would swap and get a lot of joy from that. So I think probably our best spell was as a as a as a wide player. Even though I was as a kid, I was a, I was a centre midfielder growing up up till 16, and I played men's football back in Newquay under 16s, um, and then came to the club and just sort of I played right back as in that men's team. So I thought when I come to Chesterfield, I'll, I'll try it right back and. It just worked out, and that's where I spent the youth team. Apart from my third year, I played centre back, um, and then obviously broke into the team with the right back. And like I say Rico realised I couldn't defend, so he put me in right midfield. And then I had a little spell in midfield. Rico put me in there a little bit, and I think it'd have been nice to maybe kind of learn that role more and, and develop at that. And later on in my career, I, I did play more centre midfielder. Um, at Plymouth and at Crewe, um, not so much at Chesterfield when, when John Sheridan came in, but I think that was my preferred position. I would have liked to have maybe kicked on and, and played as a centre midfielder, but yeah, for my best spell was, was out wide as a right midfielder or left midfielder before my injury. Lowry dispatches it beautifully. The boozer, because of the change of decision, but that doesn't affect Jamie Lowry. Slams it into the top of the goal, and Chesterfield have the lead on 21 minutes. Yeah, and then going into um, like the yeah the 09-10 season, you started off really well, didn't you? That season, I think you got like five in five goals in 13 games or something. You'd really like yeah, five goals. Um... Hit the ground running, hadn't you, that season? And then a kind of injury happened, didn't it? So. Yeah, tell us what what injury it was. Um, I completely ruptured my ACL, so it was training. I think we had Burton at home on the Saturday, and we were training at uh, Cylinders in Hasland, where we where we train most of the time. Um, and we were just doing like a normal training game. I think it might have been eleven v eleven, just a bit of shape work and things like that before before the game Saturday. Um, and it was pretty innocuous, just running down the left hand side. I think I was playing left midfield at the time, and no one really around me. I think there might have been like a three ball and there might have been a little bit of contact, but not a tackle or anything like that. Just a bit, maybe a little shoulder to shoulder or something. And um, I think the ground wasn't completely like football pitches nowadays. They're like bowling greens, aren't they? They're completely flat and that. And Cylinders was, wasn't at the time. It was like a little bit hilly and moundy. And I think as I've kind of been knocked off balance a little bit, my legs hyperextended and I've gone down a little bit of a a hill and that was caught by surprise and just my leg bent inwards and, and just ruptured straight away I knew something wasn't right I wasn't in agony just that kind of surprise um, so yeah straight away I got to get couldn't really like straighten or bend it completely so I knew something wasn't right and obviously Jamie came over and straight away put me on crutches and went and got a scan later that week and yeah found out it was completely ruptured ACL and seven to nine months out um, so yeah really 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 disappointed like I say I had a really good start to the season we're doing really well obviously last season at Saltergate as well so I wanted to be a part of that with the very thing that had happened and uh, the amount of time I'd spent there and and part of the club's history as well I really really wanted to me personally be, be involved in everything and and for the club as well take like win promotion and, and then on a high um, so yeah it was after a great start to the season for the for the club and for me personally, I thought I was going to have a really good season and would do really well. But 
yeah, ended really disappointing. Yeah. What did you um, uh, did the did the club end up kind of integrating you in things around that around that period to try and you know so that you're still part of the squad and, you, and you're still part of the like fabric of the club while that's all happening because it must be tough when you're yeah it's a it's a profession where you're used to being in a changing room and with a group of people and then you you're probably taken out of that a, a little bit because you're doing a lot of rehab and stuff so I wonder what the what the club did to try and kind of keep you integrated with everything um, yeah, they were, they were really good. They tried to, also, like you say, keep keep me around and keep me involved as much as possible without kind of treading on toes. And because once you're kind of not in available for selection, you, you, I mean, John Sheridan and Tommy Wright and Mark Crosby and the team at the time were not, I wasn't really their concern because I couldn't help them or I couldn't, I wasn't part of them. So, um, yeah, at the right time and stuff, I was, I was around and in at the club and doing stuff but on, on the flip side of it, it's difficult because that was my first ever proper like injury for even though it's a long-term injury I've not really had any glandular fever a little bit but not in terms of actual injury where I'm out for six weeks of a hamstring or um, a knock on my knee for four weeks stuff I've, I've never had anything like that so for me personally it was a really really difficult time just always just played football and just so not being able to walk at the start of it after the operation, having the um, the problems with the operation. So I had it stupidly on Friday the 13th. Uh, yeah, looking back now, it was stupid. Uh, it didn't go well. So two weeks later, I was, was in no better state. I was in agony. Um, I couldn't really get any movement. The knee was still really sore. So I had to go back in and have another operation, like the same one again. It had to be restructured. Uh, when I woke I kind of gone in there obviously said oh, I'll have a little look in there so I got put to sleep woke up he's like I wasn't happy with how the graft went um, I've redone it with a different part so the first time it was a, a bit out of my patella and next time it was out of my hamstring so that kind of set me back a little bit um, and then yeah the first first 10 to 12 weeks was so difficult because I couldn't get back walking really it was was in a really difficult place. I went and had two more operations on it because I wasn't really getting anywhere. Um, yeah, it just wasn't improving. Couldn't get back to, to walking. The, the mobility was was a struggle, getting back to like locking my knee out, bending it. Um, so in the end, ended up going to Lillyshaw. The club sent me down there. I think obviously Downsley was injured around the same time and he was a little bit further ahead than me. So he used to go down there now and then. Um, so, yeah, James said, look, go down there. They've got different expertise. They've handled injuries all the time. So I ended up having, I think it was nine or ten weeks on, on consecutive on the bounce down there to kind of get me going again, I suppose, and get me walking and get me get me where, where I need to be. Um, and that, that was massive for me, going down there and being involved and having their expertise. Obviously, Jamie wasn't didn't have loads of expertise in terms of dealing with ACL. I think Downs was his first one. So his and Downs he went quite straightforward and was was kind of by the book when mine had altercations, it had, had problems and stuff. So um I'm sure Jane wouldn't mind me saying that we found it difficult dealing with, with mine differently to, to Downsies. Um so yeah, Lily Shaw was it was massive, really, really massive. And at times before that I 
of questioning whether I'll be back playing ever. It was it was that that tough and that dark at times. Um, did so, you ever yeah. did you ever worry about just you know being able to walk without a limp or anything like that? Or, you know, in terms of stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I cost my say going going down there. And I remember, like I say, it must have been three or four months down the line, and I wasn't walking properly by then. And like I say, it was definitely on mind going. I'm ever just going to walk normally again. I'll ever be able to get into a jog. Ever be able to, just those things going from my head. I'm just thinking, surely not. I'm twenty. I think I was twenty three, twenty four at the time, or going into twenty four maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just yeah. It was real, real difficult mentally draining, mentally tough uh, times and obviously not being part of football, not having that day-to-day of being involved at a club and training and games. It was it was really tough, yeah. Yeah, and and then when you came back um, fit again, we were in a new stadium, weren't we? Um, yeah. yeah. So, so it's been a weird uh, experience in all of that Uh at the time and, and not playing and and obviously it makes it worse doesn't it that you missed the last game at Saltergate you missed the first game at the at the new stadium as well um but how did the I mean it must have been amazing seeing all the facilities at, at Chesterfield change over that time yeah from being part of obviously Saltergate and it was again I'm not a lifelong supporter but I do hold Chesterfield dear in my heart that it was difficult leaving Saltergate obviously spending like I said earlier the, the every day nine till five or nine till later and all them hours cleaning it and, and being around the ground it, it was really difficult to to kind of move on and, and move into Pratt which I, I assume well I know there's lots of supporters obviously having friends and lots of close friends up there felt the same as well obviously didn't want to leave but obviously moving forward into a bigger stadium and better facilities was always the best way the club was going to move forward so um, yeah, it was very, very difficult to say goodbye. And personally, it was difficult not to really be involved in that in that season. That, like I say, last game against Bournemouth with, with Nivo scoring, and and yeah, it, it was it was sad personally for me, and it hurt. hurt. It, it did hurt not being involved again, being at the club for for so long. It was it was obviously part of my my kind of dream at the time to to be involved in that, and obviously score the winner and all those kind of dreams, but. Yeah, to not even be involved and was was tough, really tough. And um, and it's and then you you like you mentioned that you touched on you had a loan spell at Crew, didn't you? Um, as like part of your uh, getting back back up to speed again, I, I suppose. And then you you came back um, from the loan spell at Crew, and then ended up playing in the semi final of the Paint Trophy at Oldham as well. Um, but what was it? What was it like at Crew? Was it? Uh, was it kind of nice to get away from Chesterfield for a little bit in a way? Um, it was with with the circumstance because obviously I wasn't getting involved. So obviously after I came back after my injury, it was like I think from game to game it was like fourteen months without playing a game from the last one I played. I think it might have been Hereford away, and then the first one back was Lincoln at home. Again, the team were top of the league in the Pro Art, doing really well. So it was obviously never going to be able to break into the team and I was nowhere near where I was before if I'm honest in terms of that strength and that I didn't feel as, as strong as quick as powerful in terms of energy running um, so that was going to take time um, so again the, the, the first year at Pro was, was 
great to watch to, for the fan as, as part of the club and, and things. But for me, it was, again, heartbreaking because all the years I've missed out on promotion, back to League One with the club and the year I'm not involved, they, they do it. And they had a really good squad, obviously, with, with Craig Davis and, and Dwayne, who obviously you've had on here. Mm. Um, Scotty Bowden, Jordan Bowery, I mean, with Danny Whitaker, they're, they're such a good team. It's such a good dressing room as well. Um, yeah, it was again heartbreaking and gutting for me to, to not be involved in that after the amount of time I spent in the club. So going back to next the season after in League One, that was my again my aim to try and break into the team. Didn't really happen. Um, yeah, I don't think John Sheridan was too keen and or too interested in, in me. Being, being part of the squad at the time didn't really start well in the season. Um, for me, I don't think the squad was was it was well. I think it was worse than we had in the league too. Obviously, with losing David to Barnsley and and things, we didn't really strengthen to the league above. Um, so yeah, I was kind of in no man's land um, at the time. And then yeah, um, John Sheridan rang me and said, "Crew have come in and want to take you on loan." Um, be good to go and get some games and stuff. So, obviously, I'm more than happy to go and get some games. And um, yeah, it, it was really good down there. Really good side. Lots of lots of good up and coming players. Um, Steve Davis, Neil Baker were the were the guys in charge. Um, yeah, some some really really good players. Nick Powell was coming through at the time. I think he was 17. So, um, obviously, went on to to good things and doing well now. Luke, uh, yeah, Luke Murphy, Ashley Westwood. Um, they, and they were on the rise as well we kind of picked up and went there we had, we had some good wins and, and for me personally just game time started I think started 9 out of 10 games um, had two months there really really enjoying it they were obviously saying about um, extending it to the end of the season which obviously I was happy with because I was playing and not really heard anything from Chesterfield so um, yeah it was it was a really enjoyable two months um, and I felt I felt good again. Obviously, went there and played centre midfield, so that's where they see me as a as a as a player. So really enjoyed that. Um, learned a lot from from good players and good coaches, and kind of felt like I'm I'm back again almost. I thought well, I've got like belong at this level again. I can I can I feel like I can compete and and play well and and do well at at this level. Uh, and then, like you say. I think we had Barnet away. I was on the bus on the way back from, from crew, off with crew, sorry, from Barnet. And uh, the manager, Steve Davis, called me down to the front of the bus and said, uh, Chesterfield had been in contact. They wanted to, to play uh, in the JPT area final on Monday away at Oldham. But they also wanted to extend your loan. So come go back, play that game, and then come back to us for the rest of the season, which was... A little bit strange to say, come back, play one game, and then you can go away again. Um, and obviously, crew at the time were like, just just say you picked up a knock today because it was Saturday. Obviously, yeah, Saturday. Just say you picked up a knock so you can't play, and then they'll just extend it, and we just carry on. Um, and me, obviously, being well, yeah, Chesterfield fan now, a spy right. I wanted to to play in the game. Obviously, every yeah, final was on Sky. I couldn't turn down the chance not to play. So I said, look, I really want to play. Um, again, not heard off Chesterfield. didn't really know the snow. If I got starting, I could have just been down the bench for all I know. But I said, I want to go and play. Um, so yeah, rocked up, 
Um, yeah, I didn't definitely train Sunday, just went into game Monday. Um, played, started, done okay, won the game. Um, and then I think we had two days off after that and John Sheridan called me into his office on, was it a Monday? It was a Monday night game, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. So I think it came back in Thursday and, and, and John Sheridan said, um, thought you were doing the right the other night, want to keep you here to the end of the season, uh, want, to, want you to stay with us, don't want you to go back on loan, want to try and obviously stay with us and and keep us in the league. Um, and then we played Carlisle away on a Saturday and I wasn't, and I wasn't uh, starting, I was on the bench. Um, so that was yeah, really disappointing and I was kind of in and out and playing games and not really playing games and yeah really frustrating end to the season for me and obviously that was the, the year I left as well so it was a, in, a, a really disappointing So in hindsight now do you kind of wish that you had said you'd picked up a knock? <laughs> um, not really no because I thought that night was a great night is one of my favourite moments in the Chesterfield shirt. Um, yeah, it was it was a great moment. I, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was a good night um, and helped the team and I, felt I, was, I was part of it. Um, even though again I wasn't involved in the final, that was that was really good for the club and the lads were delightful. But again, for for me, on a personal note, I was I was absolutely gutted. It, it, it hurt me so much not to. To be involved, obviously I travelled down. I was with the squad, and I think it was me and Greg Robertson were the two lads that were left out. Um, again, we had spent a lot of time together with Greg being injured and stuff as well. So, um, yeah, it was it was tough. It was really really tough because they'd done well, and even though League One we were struggling a little bit, and and that for for me personally, and not to be involved in that at the club I'd been for eight eight nine years at the time. I think that would have been and. Yeah, to not be involved in their moments of promotion, the the JPT final win and things, it was it was really hard, hard really, yeah. really tough to take. You then signed for Plymouth, Chesterfield. John Sheridan released you and you signed for Plymouth. And then like in what, the January was it? That um Sheridan then becomes a manager. Yeah. Um like what was your reaction when he became manager? Was it? I can't imagine it would have been that great. Yeah, um, a little bit of shock, a little bit of disappointment. Um, again, because of high end at Chesterwood, really, I didn't obviously didn't want to leave. I still thought I could offer value to the club. And, um, still thought I had something to offer, even though he was in and out. And I remember the last game at that season at home to Brentford, I was on the bench and. I think um, Alex Mendy was playing and Jack, you, you, obviously you can see he was leaving, he wasn't really bothered and stuff and uh, I think John, you know, John brought him off at half-time and, and then put me on, I think, as, and I kind of knew that like, without having the conversation and anything before then, I kind of knew that was kind of, here you go, here's 45 minutes just to kind of, you last two bars, say goodbye to the fans kind of thing without me actually saying that that was the impression I got and that's how it felt. So I knew at the end of the game that that was, you know, I'm last ever time playing for Chesterfield and, yeah, difficult moment. And again, without really falling out with with shares or anything, it was, it was, yeah, it wasn't how I wanted it to finish. And I don't think it ended well and I think it could have been dealt with a lot better, if I'm honest. Yeah, it wasn't how I thought. So, 
um, yeah, wasn't in the in the plan to go to Plymouth. Obviously, spent the two months on on loan at Crew. They offered me a two year deal down there, um, so I went to I went down and signed it. The physio was away on um, on holiday at the time, so I didn't have a medical. But obviously, with my knee injuries, they wanted me to have a scan on it. So went down there, had the scan. Um, it came back that I had no ACL, that my ACL wasn't intact anymore, which was news to me. I'd been playing, I felt fine. I'd never felt like an injury or, or an impact. I think it was just from the, um, maybe the trauma of the whole 40 month process of then that it, it just didn't attach properly. So mm-hmm. I'd never had a scan during those 40 months of my comeback to say, Let's like how your ACL looking? Is it is it looking is it intact? Was it strong and things? Like that. I just kind of had the operations and and got on with it and just rehabbed. And I think for me personally, during those time rehabbing and things, like that, I think it just must have not attached properly or or snapped again without me knowing. And I've just been dealing with it. I just got on with it and rehabbed properly and just played all the games without having an ACL and just not realising they were buckled in every game where I never had any issues. Um, so, yeah, so they said, look, can't offer you to deal with, with your knee issue, come back in pre-season and, like, train and then we'll see how it goes and talk. Um, at the same time, Plymouth off me a deal. They were a little bit in the worst scenario. Crew got promoted to the first division. Uh, Plymouth were down the, the bottom of the second division. Well, fighting down the bottom of the second division the season before last, so again they were going to be a similar scenario. Um, so they said the same. Look, come down. We'll offer you a year deal on on less money, but we'll give you more appearance. So obviously, if things work out, you you kind of make your money up. Um, but we we would like to stick a clause in there that if you had um, a left knee problem for longer than three months that like you was out with that you didn't play, then we can terminate your contract. Um, obviously, with scenario they didn't really have a choice so um, yeah took that which was fair enough I was happy with that I, I felt confident myself that I wasn't going to break down or have any injuries um, and then second pre-season game I went up for a header and landed awkwardly on somebody's foot and ruptured ankle ligament injuries uh, ligaments so ended up going out for, for three or four months then with that so that wasn't a great start to, to my life down there at a new club um, and then, like I say, started breaking into the team. Um, was also on going too well. And, uh, Carl Fletcher, the manager at the time, was was sacked. And um, I remember one of the players at the time, Warren Feeney, came up to me in training and said, oh, John Sheridan's getting a job. And I thought he was just pulling my leg. I thought he's got to be joking. He's, he must be, out of all the managers, he's got to be joking. Um, and then, no. And then we found out it was. And we played Port Vale away. Uh, and... John Sheridan came to change him after the game and obviously was announced as the manager and obviously introduced himself and I was the only person that had played under John in, in, out of all the players there. Um, and yeah, and too fair, he, he had a meeting after when he first took over, like maybe the Monday, and said obviously you know our work and that you know what I'm about and things. So I said, I want you to be part of this team, I want you to be part of the squad. So... Um, yeah, never then didn't really get fit to the end of the season. And yeah, and that was it really. Then obviously again at the end of the season, so you've not played a lot of games and and going to obviously have to let you go. So that was it. Yeah, disappointing, but I suppose it's football. 
I suppose we should go on to what you're, what you're doing now, because um, obviously a lot of people um, drift out of the game and, and find themselves doing, doing all sorts, but you've, you've stayed in it, haven't you? So, so what are you up to now? Um, at first I didn't. At first I kind of like drifted at like finishing at Plymouth at 26, I think I was, um, with the injuries and, and the body just didn't feel like I could continue playing and performing at that professional elite level. So for the first couple of years I was, I was lost to be honest. I didn't really know what to do. Um, I went back home to Newquay off to my parents, my friends and um, yeah, just chilled a little bit I suppose just sort of played locally with my mates and my brother and things like that and and yeah just had a couple of years of thinking what what's next for me what what next to do um and then a good friend of mine in Newquay was uh, a former professional football player himself and he he was in coaching and was coaching at a local college and kind of got me into it like that really he said look come and support me we'll help you do like some of your badges and I'll help you to support your coach and mentor you a little bit um, so I thought, yeah, I'll, have, I'll give it a go. Nothing to lose, I suppose. Obviously, I love football and never really see myself as a coach or join the playing days and things. Therefore, I'd, I'd like to be like Robert Farland or, or Lee Richardson or anything like that, or any of the coaches I had. Um, but got a bit of a taste for it, got a bit of a bug for it. Um, and he was really good, helped me, support me. Um, and so then eventually I ended up taking over his role. He went on to work for the FA and I took his role at the college for a couple of years, which was a really good grounding for me, working day to day with with coaching and, and a group of teenagers. Um, and then after that, I got a phone call from the assistant manager at the time when I was at Plymouth, who was the first team coach at Plymouth now, um, about coming up to work in Plymouth Academy, just come up and have a look and... Um, see how it goes so came up part-time for, for a year uh, and then was offered a full-time job in the academy working with our under 12 to 16s like so overseeing that phase um, and after that year I've moved into working with under 18s which is what I currently do now I kind of oversee the under 15s to 23s kind of phase as it makes sure it's like a smooth pathway and then day-to-day -day I work with under 18s um, trying to progress them make sure they're ready for the first team um, if called upon, so it's really rewarding, really enjoy it. Never ever thought I would, never thought looking back at people coaching and the coach I've had an thought that would be me, but um, yeah, I just love football and what can you do in terms of a job, talking about football all the time and, yeah. and being out on the grass and working with players and putting your boots on now and then and showing them how it's done. <laughs> you still manage to, to play a little bit as well? Yeah, I play locally now and then when I can. Obviously, definitely not getting any younger and obviously the legs aren't anywhere near like that used to be before the injury, really. Um, so I do get problems and it's just that, I suppose, that love of football. I just want to, want to play football, so can't turn down the game. But for the next couple of days after, I'm, I'm paying for it. I'm struggling to walk and, and in a lot of agony and a lot of pain, but just can't beat and can't turn down that 90 minutes of football at whatever level really, whether it's with friends or, or whatever, just, yeah, can't, can't not play football. And, and have you got any, um, what, what are your ambitions now going forward? Have you got any, any thoughts on what you'd like to do next or, or whether it's going up to kind of senior team level? Um, 
don't really have any set goals at the moment. I think, again, I'm still very young in, de in development. I've, been, I've only been in the academy three years, two years full time. So I kind of look at it upon as work back to my playing days. I'm in that kind of Saltgate change rooms again, doing other jobs, doing the cleaning, cleaning the boots, all that kind of thing. That's kind of where I feel like I'm at in my coaching now. Um, so I really enjoy the development side of it, the, the kind of seeing the lads progress, the three years. Um, I've had in the academy, I've worked with a small group of lads that have come all the way through that are in the 18s now. So I've kind of seen their progression, which has been really enjoyable. Um, that development, that relationship we build with with the, the kids and, and the players coming through. Um, so at the moment, I don't really have um, a burning ambition. So I would like to be in the first team environment, the first team coach or first team manager. That's not something I'm setting myself at the moment, but... Um, who knows, down the line, it might be something that changes, an opportunity. Um, I think I would like to be in that environment just to have a look what it looks like from the, the management office side of it in terms of what it looks like for the players coming through because that's ultimately what we have to prepare the lads to be ready for, even though I kind of had the experience of what it's like coming through the youth environment and, and becoming a professional football player myself. Um, it still obviously looks different from from the management side of it and how they deal with that and and use lots of um, lots of memories and an opportunity to remember to touch upon Lee Richardson in my time there about obviously all the games I played. Um, at the time, I was forever in his office. It felt like every day I was in his office and he's talking to you about something. And at the time, I was like, you know, give me a rest. I mean, why am I in the office every day? What? What, what am I doing wrong or what, what do you want from me? But that was just me being really naive and he's obviously just trying to support me and at times he was being, he had his arm around me saying, look, I think you can like progress and be a really good player and, and do this and do that. And then sometimes he's trying to give me a rocket and say, no, it's not good enough, you need to do more. And obviously now I'm on the other side of the, the touchline and such, I'm, I've recognised what he's trying to do. He's just trying to help me and improve me. Where sometimes at the time I didn't I didn't get that I didn't recognise that I didn't understand it. Um, so yeah, to to be in that side of it and obviously use my experiences from that to, to the players now I'm trying to tell them exactly the same things. Look, I'm on to you because I want you to do better. I see potential in you. I want you to to go and have a career and, and things like that. Which was obviously I was really lucky with Dave Bentley, my youth team manager at the time. He was he was still in contact with him now when I when I go back to Chesterfield and around the area, I'll go and visit him and catch up with him and, and go and see him and his wife, Jeanette. Um, so they, they're massive, massive parts of, of my life and, and always will be. It's such a, such a great um, I don't know, relationship that I've got with them and, and lots of people at the club as well that I still keep in contact with. And um, Yeah, I just try and use those I don't know, little golden nuggets that I've got from my time and past in the, in the game to, to hopefully use and help the, the new uh, youngsters coming through. Yeah. And and I should ask a really like philosophical last question or something, but for <laughs> something that's kept cropping up with players of Saltergate era is Linda's Linda's cafe <laughs> end of the road. So I'm just wondering what your what your order used to be when you went to Linda's. Um, I was a mix really I didn't like the same thing a lot of lads had like a their, their go-to sandwich um, I wasn't for the first couple of years I was probably a bit of a 
a schoolboy and used to only wear a pat lunch. I didn't really go down. When I first moved to Chester, I lived with my nan and granddad and they used to like make me food. So I didn't really go down there that often. It used to be more of a treat for me to go down there and have like a, oh, like a chicken, almost like a chicken tikka or something like, like a chicken in kind of some sauce and things like that. It was like almost a bit of a treat for me now and then. Um, but yeah, it was... It was good. Imagine everyone going down to the shop or the first team lads send you down for a sandwich. So talking about the pros would send you in and thought, come here, lad, like go down and get me a sandwich and then like you're five and you can keep the change and things like that. And <laughs> yeah, it just it's just so many memories. It was just it was just brilliant. Such a such a good time. And and the pros at the time, Reevesy, Glen Earth about making cups of tea, so come in and give you a cheeky little slap in the morning and go and make me a cup of tea, lad. And 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 those things I just just don't forget and it just it just made the whole experience what it is really and what it was.